The word of the Lord from Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and see diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. What man of you, having a hundred sheep... If he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. No, seriously. Who does that? It's totally over the top. I mean, I can see going after the lost sheep. If you've got a flock of a hundred and one of them wanders away, that's one percent of your wealth that's going to fall into a pit or into a wolf's mouth. It's not like it's the one dim bulb in the bunch and that your life is easier if you let it go. The other 99 are going to take their turn at being lambs on the lamb, likely leading others astray. So tracking down wandering sheep is going to be part of the job description. So I can see going after the lost sheep. I can imagine rejoicing when I've found it. But I would be rejoicing for me, not the sheep. I would be happy that I get to go home and get on with my evening. I would not be so happy for the sake of the sheep that I would hoist it on my shoulders and carry it home. We had a dog that loved to roam, and every now and then the gate got left open. We'd dutifully fan out and find him, but I never described my feelings as joy for the dog's sake. The thought of hoisting him on my shoulders for the walk back home like he was some conquering hero, that never, ever crossed my mind. But that's not the totally over-the-toppest part. We're still getting to that. The shepherd finds the sheep and lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing, and when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, "'Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost.'" No, no way. There is no way that I'm going to host a party for my friends and neighbors to celebrate that sheep. It's already cost me hours of extra trouble, so it's not going to cost me the dough to host my friends and neighbors for a meal. I don't think I'm being unreasonable about this. 
That would be like one of those many rejoice with me, I just got the washing machine fixed parties I hear about. Who does that? It's not so much that I'm asking you. Jesus is asking the Pharisees and scribes in our gospel reading. They're watching him and they're grumbling because he receives sinners and eats with them. Everyone is a sinner, of course, so sinners has a special meaning here. See, the Pharisees have set the moral code of the country, enforcing God's Old Testament law when it suits them and adding their own long list of rules. And for the most part, the people follow their cue. They're sinful, but they're not the sinners. They're the Pharisees' flock, if you will. They're normally behaving in an acceptable manner, though they're going to wander off and do the wrong thing now and then. The sinners, on the other hand, those are people who aren't even pretending to follow the Pharisees' lead. The Pharisees don't so much call them sinners because their lives do not honor God, but because they do not honor the Pharisees. Among the sinners, Jesus gives the examples of tax collectors and prostitutes in Matthew 21. It doesn't mean that these sinners revel in their sins, because then they wouldn't want anything to do with Jesus. It's a lot more likely that they do what they do out of desperation, not desire. But whatever their motives, their lives preclude them from being part of the Pharisees' flock. They're lost souls. And the Pharisees are grumbling because Jesus eats with sinners. That's when he talks about the shepherd and the lost sheep. What do the Pharisees do when their sheep wander? Well, they find them. They arrest them. They hold the appropriate trial if necessary, and they carry out the sentence for the sin. They tell the sheep that they have to do better or else they'll face disgrace again. This is good for law and order because people will behave better when they know that the consequences are real and unpleasant. However, it's not good for the salvation of sinners because the problem isn't their behavior. Their sins are only the symptom of hearts turned from God. The Pharisees' message to their flock is, Behave. When you do wrong, we will punish you. That way you'll be better behaved people but they'll be better behaved people with hearts still far from God. Maybe, by the way, this is why Jesus mentions in this story that the 99 are in the open country. Literally, says the Greek, they're in the wilderness. Even when the Pharisees have found a sheep and returned it to the flock, the entire flock is really still lost and far from the sheepfold where it would be safe. Anyways, that's how the Pharisees shepherd to save. Keep the rules. It's up to you. If you're not going to do that, then you can be one of those sinners. For purposes of salvation, this is as effective a tactic as looking actual sheep in the face and telling them very seriously to stop wandering off. On the other hand, there's Jesus. He's the shepherd who goes out, finds the lost sheep, and brings it back rejoicing. That's a pretty pale description, though. It's not like the difference between Jesus and the Pharisees is just that he cares enough to put in the extra effort. He's not just a shepherd with sheep who make use of land or Pharisees who are tasked with teaching people. 
He's the Son of God through whom all things were made, including the sinners who constantly rebel against Him and misuse the things He's created for their good. He doesn't have just one lost sheep. All are lost souls apart from His grace. He does more than set out and seek lost sheep. He consents to coming from heaven to earth and taking on flesh like them. To save the sheep, the shepherd becomes the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He dies a horrible death for them, and who does the killing? The very sheep that he has come to seek and to save. Says Isaiah the prophet, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now, Having died and risen again, he doesn't track down lost sheep and kick them back to the fold for their ingratitude at his sacrifice. No, he rejoices in the repentance and their salvation. He declares that heaven and the angels of God rejoice when one sinner repents. He doesn't speak of such rejoicing when man discovers oh, antibiotics or space travel or any of the other things that leave us in awe. Marvel at this. Heaven rejoices, Jesus rejoices, when one sinner repents. If that doesn't astonish and humble you, take a good hard look at your heart. We'd better look a bit at Jesus' second parable in the text. It's as delightfully ridiculous as the first. He says, What woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Aha! Who does that? Again, I totally understand the searching for lost money part, that silver coin is a drachma that could be worth, oh, 25 bucks or so. But hosting a I found my lost coin party is going to run far more than 25 bucks. Doesn't make sense. If this shepherd and this woman of these parables are married to each other, you do not want to look to them for tips on business and finance. All the same, maybe they are married to each other, or at least betrothed. The church is the bride of Christ, after all, and as she waits for his return in glory, she is about the work that he has given her to do. This means that the church is never to be like the world, telling sinners that there's no hope of redemption, so you might as well do whatever you want as you wait to be condemned. No, heaven does not rejoice in man's love for eternal destruction, the church is never to be like the Pharisees, telling people that salvation is about keeping the rules and behaving well. Angels don't rejoice in well-behaved sinners. The church is always to be about proclaiming Christ, the good shepherd who seeks and saves the lost by shedding his own blood, dying and rising again. The bride of Christ is always to be about calling sinners to repentance and faith. And though many so-called experts about church will tell you that the church should be about numbers, programs, shows, social causes, or social activities, none of those things make heaven rejoice. But when one sinner repents, 
the angelic party starts. Christ became flesh to save sinners, and angels rejoice whenever Christ's work is furthered. And for those who fret that I am unconcerned with good works and Christian activity, rest easy. Good works follow repentance because good works are what repentant people do. Then there's you. It is easy to be the Pharisee who believes that God measures you by your behavior, your improvement, or at least that you're not as bad as other sinners. Always beware of this because that makes you one of the so-called righteous, the self-righteous who see no need for repentance. That puts you far from the kingdom of heaven. If you see no need to repent, it means you see no need for Jesus and his forgiveness. Angels find no joy in that. Take seriously what scripture says about sin. And even if you don't feel particularly sinful, take it on faith that what the Bible says about you is true. And where you know of your sin and despair of yourself, rejoice. That, you know, means that the good shepherd has sought you out. By the work of the Holy Spirit, he has shown you your need for his grace and mercy. He has brought you into his fold where he strengthens and feeds you with his word and his supper. It is when angels see this that they rejoice. And you can rejoice too. You are not a lost soul, for you are found in Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.